Hello everybody, we're here on the Next Gen Faith Podcast and I'm so happy, so excited to introduce my grandpa, Hugh Prentice today. Grandpa, how are you? I'm fine. It's just, it's awesome. Uh, we're here at your house over here in Grand Rapids and uh, you were nice enough to take some time to sit down with me and, and talk on the, uh, the podcast. So got some questions, we're kind of going to just talk about maybe some of your memories, your stories, um, things that have impacted your life and uh, share that with the people out there. So sound like a plan? We can do that. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thank you, Grandpa. So uh, first question I have for you is just uh, if you could tell me just a little bit about kind of your upbringing and maybe that first time when you remember kind of connecting with your faith or when somebody helped uh, connect you with God and then where all that started. Well, I wrote, uh, grew up in a family that didn't go to church. And as kids, we went to Sunday school at the local Methodist church, but uh, parents didn't go, and it was more just sort of a childish thing. They figured that uh, Sunday was a good day to work. It's a family tradition. And I kind of kept that in my mind until we got married, and my wife was a staunch churchgoer, and as we had children, and and she took them to Sunday school, and I didn't go. Um, we discussed it a little bit, and uh, all of a sudden I started going too, and and learned a whole lot in a short time. Nice. So you're basically saying we have Grandma to thank for uh, kind of helping you, uh, uh, bring you to God, but then, man, I, I've seen you guys just uh, from then on. You really have been very involved in the church uh, probably from, you know, dating to marriage and on, you've really kind of uh, grown that together, I'd say, wouldn't you say? Yes, that's true. Nice. Well, that's cool. i uh, definitely going to sit down with Grandma as well and uh, curious about her. Uh, definitely heard how her family uh, kind of uh, went to church and was kind of involved there from the get-go, but I'm so glad she uh, uh, made that a bigger part of your life. Do you think uh, it would have been if, if you wouldn't have met her or been uh, married or what do you think? I don't know. Um, I just, I thought I don't want to really okay. expose, yeah, it's hard, but... It's hard to say what if, but uh, just curious, because like you said, your family was big on working and was big on right. doing other things, so had you not connected with her, or just like sometimes we, you know, man, if I wouldn't have met that person, I wouldn't have went to that Bible study, or man, if, if that person wouldn't have... Uh, gave me a Bible, I may have never picked one up. So that's kind of where I was going with that. This website and this podcast, I put the, the terms next-gen faith on it. Um, you know, me and you have talked or you've seen my journey, and I definitely sort of have um, grown up as the pastor's kid, but kind of take faith maybe in a different direction or have different thoughts and feelings about it. So um, impacting the next generation or just kind of next gen felt to me like had a no cap on it of where my faith could go and, and what it meant. But when I say those words, next gen faith, does it have any, do any thoughts pop in your head or does anything uh, conjure up or um, what, what do you think about that term in general or just where faith is heading in 2018? Yeah, it's uh, interesting, but you know, the faith is old as Abraham, so right. um, it goes back a long time, and every generation has a new set of uh, questions to ask. The answers are the same, but the questions change with the generation. So right. I think it's a great point you make because I always tell people, like sometimes people hear next gen faith and they think, oh, he's got to be all about the, the lights and the rock bands and the this and the that. And, and in some ways, that's part of it about 
what's helped connect me is, is these new ways that people are doing church or these new ways that um, they're taking God's word. But I think what you said is cool. Like one thing I always tell people is like, no matter how you're doing church, uh, new age, traditional, the word is still the same, which I think is awesome. Like if you can stick to the word and stick to the principles, those have not changed uh, through the years. But the way that you display to people or maybe the way you help people connect, I think is totally different in 2018 than it was in 1928. So, um, that's that's kind of where I see it is like you said there's a consistency there from the message you know the scriptures are just amazing still and they haven't been rewritten or kind of done up in a different way but um, the way they're shown to people I think is there's a next gen way to do it and there's a very traditional style lots of different ways to kind of put our faith so that's kind of where I, I came with it of a, a term but also um, this really cool consistency of saying that you know um, God's core principles and, and the things that we read doesn't change no matter if you have a rock band or a choir, you know, in some degree. So, um. I, I agree, and, and, and the thought just came to me that we talk about Old Testament and New Testament, and someone could say New Testament is sort of first new generation yeah. type of thing, but it, um, I think the Old Testament was God's talking to the people at that time, and they didn't, they didn't get it or didn't live it. And sometimes they had things happen to them that um, may have gone smoother had they listened to God's word through the prophets. Right, right. I'm curious uh, with you, everybody that's out there listening to this, uh, you know, when you hear Next Gen Faith too, you think, man, he's gonna have all these new people on. Uh, Grandpa, how old are you, sir? I'm only 86. Only 86, everybody. Uh, and uh, one of the toughest, one of the coolest, one of the hardest working, best guys I've ever met in my life. So, so happy to have you as my grandpa. But as an 86 going on 87 year old, uh, do you have any takes on kind of like uh, where church is at now, where it's headed and what you've seen, what you like, what you don't? I'm just curious from your perspective. Uh, we happen to be going through uh, uh, study in our church and VCI, they call it, and they're trying to get some new ideas out there, but they're forgetting there are no new ideas. You know, they, I think they're trying to become social where the apostles were social in spreading the message, but they stuck pretty close to Jesus, and after his death, they kind of went out two by two and t told the story. So I having questions about what is happening right now. Okay. It, it seems like the contemporary services are entertaining us rather than challenging us and giving us um, good uh, Christian you know, information, what Jesus would have done. Okay. Yeah, I, I totally hear that. And a lot of times I sit and talk with people and, and they, they say, oh, they're putting on a show or that's you know, it's really fun, but, uh, you know, are they sticking to, like you say, almost trying to enlighten people or help people understand who God is, or are they trying to give you a great time so that you'll come back again? Um, when you see these new ways of doing it and these new musics and stuff, do you, um, does it does any of it connect with you, or is it more like you know that that might be for someone else, but it just doesn't, not so much your style? I don't know. I think it... it, it is my thoughts right now. It's not taking somebody else's thoughts because the church is seeming to uh, put a bunch of effort into the 
new age t type of thing, except for having a large, <laughs> a, a larger church people. Right. But and a lot of times, like when you say that too, I think a, a big struggle in church days, um, you know, how do we get quote unquote more people? But my thing has always been like I've had some amazing Bible studies, amazing times with two, five, ten people in a room, you know, talking about God, getting to know each other, right? That fellowship part. Um, but there's something pretty powerful too about these quote unquote mega churches that people can knock down and talk about left, right, and sideways, but. They're bringing tens of thousands of people to God, and in my opinion, sometimes it doesn't matter um, how they're going or why they're going, especially in the beginning. It's just that they're going, and then um, listening to half the battle, so the more you hear, the more people you meet that really live God's um, faith out in their lives, you kind of, it gets contagious, I think. So I think there's something to be said about these, um, when we talk about numbers all the time, that it's not all about numbers, but numbers can be pretty powerful and done in the right way. I think you're right, and uh, I think the message of Jesus is quite uh, so simple, and people don't get it, is God loves everybody, even me, and even you, and your neighbor. Yeah. And if we know that, and we can live up to that, and not looking at what somebody's work is, or their race, or their color of their eyes, or whatever it might be, and can li listen to Jesus telling us God's way, I think we'd be much better off. Definitely, right around that principle of love. Uh, we're going to head to, the, I got a, this next question for you, but as I was heading here today to kind of hang with you and, and talk to you a little bit, um, I was listening to something and the guy was saying, um, you know, we don't need to be standing there with the rocks in our hands. We need to be down in the dirt with people that, that need help and that uh, are hurting. And I thought that was kind of cool to think of. You know, you're standing there with a rock ready to um, throw it either at the lady that had sinned or are you down, um, as Jesus was, down on his knee, kind of writing in the dirt saying, um, making the people think about what they're about to do and then saying, you're forgiven, go and sin no more. You know, So that really impacted me again to hear that about being down in the dirt with people that are hurting. That's that's part of the love that you're talking about, both um, with, with our best friend and a lot of times with our enemies, I would think. And that's kind of the hard, short, quick story that Jesus was telling. Like you said, you kind of summed it up really nice. So. I want to hit you with this next one. This is kind of a broad question. You hit on it a little bit earlier, but I'm really curious on your overall kind of faith journey. I don't need, we don't need to walk through 86 years worth, but um, take me a little bit from um, grandma introducing you to faith and you kind of uh, beginning to go to church and just kind of tell me uh, in a sh short form what that meant, what kind of the activities you got involved in, maybe things you remember that really like took you to that next level of becoming the incredible believer that I know today? Well, um, the, um, the trip was kind of, uh, kind of short and quick once I got the idea and, and uh, I was baptized at the same time as your mother w was, so oh, that okay. she and I have the same baptismal day. Oh. And uh, once I started, I got quite active in the church and served in every official capacity at Troy United Methodist Church that uh, okay. there was, from education to 
council ministries and directing that. And we started a, a Meals on Wheels program and local social things to help the people of our community. And we did do some uh, international things, but uh, the most important thing to me is what we're doing right in our community. And that's where I got started and uh, had many good friends of pastors and people in the church. Was, it was just awesome to me. Right. Yeah, you've met a ton of great people. And what's so fun, everybody, is um, I'm sitting here with my grandpa. He lives right next to um, the church where my uncle is a pastor. And he mentioned that back in the day you did Meals on Wheels. It's so cool to see you at 86, 87 here, still helping with food trucks, still working <laughs> with uh, people here. It just never stops. So uh, that's pretty awesome testimony right there. It's, that's not like you did this back in the day and then kind of let it go. You're still out there trying to both serve. And I see uh, kind of helping people every day um, that has nothing to do with church per se, but it's just you serving in all types of ways, however you still can and want to. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good help that people have. And uh, what's neat is all these people that work with me at the food truck, none of them are judgmental on the people that are coming. Right. They have no questions of where they live or where the income is or anything. Anybody comes to uh, uh, Wesley Park on the first Thursday a month, it served equal rations with everyone else. So right. That's good. And what's so fun about that, too, is like I've done some, uh, you know, work with the food trucks and some things. And like you said, these people are, um, that are coming are in a different situation, but they're just suddenly the most awesome people. I remember just totally joking around and, and having fun uh, with the folks that were there, the folks that were helping serve. And uh, like what you just said, one thing I'd love for us to do as a faith community is, is stop thinking or asking all the questions. You know, do they deserve it? Oh, they're trying to scam us. Oh, that person took three bags of bread and we're only supposed to have one. Like, I think when you let some of those chains down and just understand that you don't know everything that's going on in this other person's life. I mean, it's not our job to try to figure it out, but it's our job that day to help serve these folks that yeah. are either in need or need help and not worry about all the regulations involved. Because when you can put all those down, it really does become more about the love and the reason and God through us instead of the rules and the regulations. And that's one thing I'm big on is when I started really getting to know who God was, it wasn't about rules and regulations and this big black book that was so complicated and so, uh, um, you know, almost uh, scary. It was about this relationship and the love that you talked about earlier that um, it's, it's pretty simple when you think about those two things to understand it and want to grow it. And instead of trying to, like the Pharisees were almost trying to follow all the rules, but Jesus came and said, it's not about all these things. It's about loving your neighbor. It's about um, understanding and having a relationship with, with uh, and Jesus and, and him is what he said. So I think that's important no matter when we're serving is to sort of lay down all these other preconceptions we have and just be in the moment and just help people. You know, I, I agree. Moving on, I've got a question. Um, this can be faith-based or otherwise, but I'm just curious, like maybe some people in your life that really inspired you, maybe some people that... Um, were important, impactful in your life that maybe both led you to God, but also maybe just helped you be the the man that I've known, just a really uh, truthful, honest, hardworking guy that sits in front of me today. 
Well, I uh, mentioned getting baptized with my daughter, but really I found that until I met a new minister named Bob Clune, who came to our church, who had been in industry as a, an executive at Ford Motor Company, and then for some reason he went to uh, seminary and came out and was a minister. And uh, he came to our church and he was had a Bible study and I thought, well, it's maybe I can uh, learn something from him. He's kind of not way up over my head. Right. And the first meeting he had, he took his watch off and he says, we're going to meet from six to seven. And he put his watch down there and um, started teaching. It was very interesting, not a, a lecture, but a good teacher. But as he taught, he said something about the uh, Ten Commandments were for Moses and his people, and sort of saying that it didn't necessarily uh, mean that we get the Ten Commandments as our rules. Hmm. And I raised my hand and I just, you know, I disagree with what you're saying. And he said, so he, we went a couple sentences both ways and seven o'clock came and he closed the book and that went, when it's all of that, except that I went home when I started opening the Bible and looking at Moses and the Ten Commandments and what does it say and, and uh, uh, really he stirred my interest in learning rather than just being in the church. Nice. So I've heard you tell me a couple stories like that where you've had, uh, I've always known you to be a guy who will sit in there and will kind of um, listen, but you also kind of are, are always open to both question and kind of want to, um, you know, both understand and ask people, um, you know, what they're thinking. So that was one of the first times it sounds like where something was said that you either didn't agree with or you went back and did your homework and wanted to see, you know, was he right? Do I need to see this a different way? So. Um, he impacted you by kind of um, maybe saying something you weren't sure of, but made you dig and made you uh, want to go back and have some knowledge to be able to share why it was the other way. Right? Yeah. yeah, I've known a lot of ministers since I've become in, in the church, and they have a story to tell, and they tell it their way, which doesn't always uh, go word for word from the Bible, but it has the right message. and. And if I don't ask the question, I'll never know, you know, have any um, reason to believe which way. So, right. interesting. What? Uh, anybody else come to mind? Uh, just people in general, other than uh, I know um, you've said you've met tons of people, lots of friends you've made through the church. Any, maybe one other person at least that, uh, in a positive or negative way, really like. But I like the words you used, stirred you up, or just kind of encouraged you to kind of keep moving forward in your faith? Uh, Al Bamsey comes to mind, the Reverend Al Bamsey from Troy First, and he followed uh, Bob Clune. And um, he was a young minister, not too long out of seminary. And I happened to be on, on the Council of Ministries, which was a new program he started for, for the, from the Methodist Church. And nobody knew what it was. We had a name, but nobody from conferences was telling us how it worked. And Al was a real good minister, but also a politician. He says, let's make this work to me, as I was uh, council president. And 
we did make it work and uh, where we, we got our start quickly. Well, some churches really didn't ever get there, you know. So there came a time when I helped teach people from Detroit East at our conferences and, and that challenged myself to be sure of what I was teaching. Nice. I'm glad you brought up Al Bamsey. You know, that's a name I heard uh, growing up, and I know that was that was one that was impactful for you. So I'm glad you yeah. shared that name. Anybody uh, today, I know every time I come over to your house, you guys are watching a new person on TV uh, or uh, kind of diving into all these new pastors. Anybody that's uh, recent that's really caught your eye? Oh, that bugs my son, Dean, so much. He says, you have a pastor. What are you watching all these here? <laughs> people, but um, I have a lot of interest in different ones, my wife and I. I um, Andy Stanley is a young minister and the son of a Charles Stanley, who we were uh, listened to for some time and met here in Grand Rapids and, and got his signature. Um, but th there are a lot of other messages to come from different people. And Andy and Charles Stanley and uh, um, the Schuler from the Crystal Cathedral in California. When we were on a family trip, we went by there in our motorhome and just stopped and looked at it. But uh, as the kids grew up and we went to California, my wife and I, we have tended to go to, from San Diego to the LA area and uh, go to services where we would watch them on television and that's always been a good thing too. Nice. That's so, Bobby Schuler, right? The guy that you guys went and saw recently? Bobby Schuler is a young kid from his grandpa and his dad are all ministers and had uh, everything was not peaches and cream for his growing up. Right. Uh, so he had family challenges from uh, time he was a teenager and so he's really a good young minister for to listen to. Nice. Well, very cool. I appreciate you sharing those. So everybody out there listening, those are a few uh, recommendations of my grandpa. You want to go and seek out those people. And grandpa, I don't know if I told you this story, but I'll tell you quickly. Uh, um, it was probably, man, probably about eight, nine years ago now. Um, I was going through some different things in my life. And I remember you and grandma or both of you, whatever it was, you said, you really might want to check out this Charles Stanley. You're really good. And, you know, at that point in my life, you know, I was still getting into my faith a little bit deeper, but, um, you know, didn't know who this guy was, and I pulled him up and thought, oh, this isn't going to work for me, and uh, I listened to maybe two minutes of his first message, and I was hooked. I just remember just diving in that year or two. I, I would just listen to message after message and take notes, and um, that's, to me, that's really my catalyst what really got my heart beating and kind of understanding who God was in a different way, and also... Um, just really excited about understanding it better, more so than I had over 20 plus years of going to church with my mom or just kind of quote unquote being Christian. Like when you guys introduced me to Charles, it was kind of like it clicked for me. And then luckily after that, I've been able to find Andy Stanley and a whole bunch of others. So I thank you guys so much for sharing them with me. And then, um, you know, it's always up to the person too. I had to take that next step to actually say, okay, let me give this a try. But you guys sharing it with me, you know, had you not done that, I don't know where I'd be today. We probably wouldn't be doing this podcast, that's for sure. But I, I really thank you for that. 
Again, I appreciate you giving us time. I just got a couple more quick ones for you, and then we'll get out of here. I really appreciate you taking the time, and I'm hoping you'll come back uh, um, and talk to us again. But one thing I ask people a lot, and I don't know if you have any on the tip of your tongue, but I'm always curious if there was a scripture or two that is always on the tip of your tongue. It's one that you share with people, or it's one that you remember and just say, man, that's, that's why I'm both going to live by, or I'm going to um, put in my back pocket as something that really spoke to me. Is there anything that jumps to mind? Good question, but how do you name that? I, no, I don't think I could take one scripture and, and go with that. Okay. <coughs> um, I actually Excuse just made this uh, rubber band the other day. You know, oh. I've worn these a lot for Uncle Keith and some of the other people um, when I was playing sports, but I wrote, um, you know, John through 16 is obviously important to everybody, but Philippians 4.13 as well as <coughs> Romans 8.28. And the reason I wrote Romans 8.28 is, uh, that's one that Charles always talks about. He's a classic of quoting that, and uh, that's one of his favorites. So that, that one always kind of sticks with me as well. But um, I'm not really always the best at being able to quote Scripture on the drop of a dime like some people, but um, there are some amazing ones in there that I try to share with young people or people when I talk to them and just say, hey, you might want to check this out. Or, you know, this was said years ago, and it's so relevant today. And so, so having some of those are good, but I'm with you that it's hard to pick one sometimes for sure. Thank goodness for the Bible because we hear all kinds of messages. I hear them one way and you hear them another way and they do answer our needs to have God's Word passed on to us. So Definitely. I, uh, I always shake my head when I read and it's almost like you, you can open your Bible and um, you just kind of, it, God takes you to that spot where it's, when you start reading it, you're like, how did I turn right here? This is exactly what I need or wow, this is really relevant in my life right now and uh, every time I uh, need some encouraging words or just stuck and I open it I'm like man that's that's what I need to hear right now it's kind of unbelievable the final thing I have for you is uh, if you had a couple minutes to talk to somebody about your faith or even better you had a way to display it to somebody um, this is something you might say to them or how, how would you show it Hugh Prentice um, so a lot of people call it like either elevator talk. Like if you're going up an elevator, how could you, um, you know, tell people about the job or otherwise? But I'm always curious. Like sometimes we only have one quick shot to tell people about our faith, or like I put it in there too, it's better to show it sometimes than to to blab about it. So if you only had a few minutes to either show somebody who God was through your actions or your words, what's maybe something you'd do or say to kind of show them? Um, well, I catch a lot of static about this here because. Uh, I was outreach chairman here at Wesley Park as soon as I moved here, and I didn't know who was new. I could have been asking somebody that had been a member for 20 years, uh, yeah. why aren't you coming to Wesley Park? <laughs> but uh, I have the habit of, uh, if I go to a restaurant and the waitress is hanging around, I said, hey, do you live around here? And and um, she says, yes. And, and I said, do you know where Wesley Park is? And they say, no, they, there's the opening to give them location of it and uh, invite them to come and, and join us. And whether you're in the hospital, wherever you are, the invitation is right there for any people you meet. If they say, I have a shirt you mind, good, that's a good thing. But if you don't have, come on over to our and see what you can learn about God. Wow, that's powerful. So if, if they don't know where it is, you tell them, and then is there a way that you 
both invite, because I know we could do a whole podcast on inviting people to church, the good, the bad, the <laughs> ugly. It's important to do, but a lot of people have no clue how yeah. to do it or terribly do it and scare more people away than anything. Is there a tactic you use to kind of encourage somebody to come check out your church without uh, scaring them away? Well, you hope when you're inviting them that they come. Nine times out of ten, they don't. But they have been asked, they've been uh, inv invited to come and join, and you don't know when they will or when they, you know. Um, so I just ask almost anybody that I have meant not in the church, and even on the food truck, when people come through to get the food, um, I say, hey, don't forget, we have church at 9, 15, and 11 on Sunday. You haven't got anything to do, or if you do have something to do, come on over and join us, and I'll buy you a cup of coffee. <laughs> so they kind of laugh, and so it isn't a, a uh, making them feel guilty. It's a matter of saying you're welcome, and we do invite everybody. So it's open to everyone to uh, join us to learn about Jesus Christ from the the, the Bible. Right. So all walks, walks of life, all different kinds and, and different people is a really encouraging way to uh, to show your faith by uh, being that open book and being uh, so inviting to those that might not have a church home. So, Grandpa, I think that's a great place to kind of wrap it up. Uh, I invited you today to do this podcast and you accepted, so I think it's cool that you're out there inviting people to your local church or just encouraging them to find a church of their own. Um, it's just really important to... Uh, our faith walk in general, and uh, man, I, you've been a great guest here on the Next Gen Faith Podcast, and we just hope that you'll uh, come back again and share this wisdom as well as this incredible, uh, just uh, godly heart that you have. It's just been so important in my life, and I can't thank you enough. So thanks, Grandpa. Thank you, Derek, for this wasn't nearly as hard as I pictured it'd be. <laughs> Absolutely. So thanks again, Grandpa, everybody out there. Uh, we'll be back uh, soon with another uh, other podcast, uh, make sure you check us out. Take care.